You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. You can find my work at NBC Sports Chicago and Bears Wire as part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. And I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. And today, we're turning our attention a little bit away from the Bears, but still sticking Bears-related. I'll be joined by former Chicago Bears fullback slash tight end and fourth-round pick back in 2012, Evan Rodriguez, whose career with the Chicago Bears only lasted one year when he got into some off-field issues after his first season in the Mark Trestman regime. He bounced around a little bit in the NFL and has kind of fallen out of favor in the football community, but has been working hard to come back and try and make a potential future return to the NFL. He's been through a lot in his football career, and it's a fun conversation catching up on where he's been, what he's been through, and where he's hoping to go from here. But before we bring on Evan Rodriguez, we need to set the stage for where his career is now and eventually where his career was when he joined with the Bears. Because Evan Rodriguez is a un- under contract with the San Antonio Commanders, a team out of the new Alliance of American Football that is set to kick off this weekend for their first season and their first regular season games. And his commanders will take on, I believe it is the San Diego Fleet on CBS at 8 o'clock Eastern. And I think it's important here to kind of break down a little bit of what's going on with the AAF, what it is, how it works, and then we can kind of piece together how Evan Rodriguez fits into it from there. So the Alliance of American Football League is a developmental league for the NFL, obviously here in the spring, to kind of keep the football season going while also giving players the opportunity to stay out and keep their football careers alive and show the NFL and maybe the CFL what they can still offer, even when they haven't had a lot of chances in training camps and mini camps and what have you. So they have eight teams. I believe they play a 10-week season here as as they go through, and then they'll have playoffs and a championship after that. And it's been put together by a lot of NFL people, some former players, former coaches, former executives, all involved. The The main founder is a guy named Charlie Ebersol, who is an uh, American television and film producer, director, uh, a guy who doesn't really necessarily have a huge NFL connection, but he has worked in sports in terms of being able to put together, you know, movies and and shows about sports. He's worked with ESPN's 30 for 30, and he's done some projects with TNT and USA Network and a lot of different opportunities to work kind of around sports. So he partnered with Bill Polian, who was the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts and the Carolina Panthers and the Buffalo Bills before that. And I believe he was also the Colts team president for a while afterwards. So uh, so some real strong NFL backing at the top. You see Troy Palamalu is an executive as well, the former Steelers safety, ahead of player relations. Heinz Ward is a player relations executive. They've got a, a pretty uh, firm NFL background to them, and this is a very legit 
football league. This is not as much the XFL, you know, sideshow, clown show type of thing. It's it's legitimately being billed to be this supplementary league to the NFL, and the NFL seems to be supporting it. The football community seems to be supporting it, and it's going to have some slightly different rules from the NFL. Nothing too crazy, but trying to keep things a little bit faster pace and maybe a little bit safer in there as well. They have no television timeouts during the game with 60% fewer full screen commercials, trying to get a approximate real game time length of about 150 minutes as opposed to about the three hours that the NFL has. There will also be no kickoffs at any point. The teams will just start at their own 25-yard lines. There's no extra points. Every touchdown has to have a two-point conversion after it, and instead of onside kicks, you have to attempt a play and gain 12 yards from, I believe, your own 28-yard line. A little bit of a, a random spot there. They cut the play clock down to 35 seconds to try and keep things going, and uh, their overtime rules are a little bit different as well, but largely, uh, sim- I mean, still football, still your gridiron football, just a couple of tweaks here and there to kind of keep up with some you know, some different things and, and distance itself a little bit from the NFL and hopefully try and provide a, a little bit of a different and maybe quote-unquote better product. But you look at the, the talent on the rosters isn't going to blow you away. I mean, it, it is the, the the replacements, the rejects, some of the other guys, but the, the coaching talent that they have around the, the AAF is pretty impressive when you start to look team by team here. If you're a college football fan, a lot of the names will be pretty recognizable for you. Guys like Trent Richardson from Alabama, Blake Sims, the Alabama quarterback as well, uh, Christian Hackenberg from Penn State, Zach Mettenberger, the LSU quarterback, the former Nebraska head coach Mike Riley has a team, Steve Spurrier is coaching a team, Rick Neuheisel is coaching a team, the former Texas A&M quarterback Trevor Knight, former Georgia quarterback Aaron Murray, uh, Michael Vick. The former NFL quarterback is an offensive coordinator for one of the teams. But there's also a handful of guys with some pretty strong Bears connections in this league. I think the real headliner is Mike Singletary coming back as a head coach for the Memphis Express. He's currently a head coach for a high school football team in Texas, I believe, and he's doing this on the side in addition to that gig, kind of alternating in the spring and the summer. So you see him as a head coach. Jared Allen, the former Bears defensive end, is a investor in the league and a, a executive in their player relations department as well. And then as far as a player's standpoint, obviously Evan Rodriguez, who we're going to talk to in a little bit, is one of the big headlines as far as former Bears draft picks. But you may remember Will Sutton, As another former fourth-round pick, the defensive tackle out of Arizona State, he is also involved in this league. And you've got uh, Devontae Bowsby is a former undrafted rookie free agent from the Bears in this league. And a lot of these guys that stuck around with the Bears for like a training camp that you might recognize some bottom-of-the-roster names that maybe jog your memory. Most recently, like Nick Orr, defensive back from TCU. A lot of this tier of players that... You know, couldn't stick around in the NFL, still have some talent, sometimes had some bad luck with the teams and the situations they were in, and this league provides them an opportunity to get back into football and potentially fulfill some of that potential that was left untapped. 
That certainly seems to be the story for Evan Rodriguez. So up next, we're going to get into a little bit more of his background and jog your memory a little bit of just what he was being billed as coming out of that 2012 draft, what the potential was for him in the Bears offense, and kind of how things fell apart so quickly in his Bears career. Keep it locked right here on Locked on Bears. So I was really excited to be able to get the opportunity here to speak with Evan Rodriguez because his Bears career and sort of everything that happened with him always really interested me. And I I never really felt like we got the whole story of what happened and where he's kind of gone since he left Chicago, really. And you you look back to that 2012 NFL draft, leading up to the draft, this is a guy who was getting comparisons somewhat loosely to Aaron Hernandez of the New England Patriots. And maybe some of that's because of their last names being similar and, you know, both being athletic tight ends. Certainly, I don't think anyone was ready to say Rodriguez was going to step in and be that good so early in his career. But he has some of the the physical skill sets and some of the tools that got you excited about adding this weapon to the Chicago Bears offense. And so I wanted to play with you a clip just to kind of set the stage here of former Bears general manager Phil Emery talking about Rodriguez right after the draft and kind of how he envisioned him fitting into this Bears offense and and what he could do to make Jay Cutler's life easier and kind of bring this Bears offense under Mike Tice at the time into more of the modern age. We needed somebody with enough blocking upside that could force the defense to stay in base personnel. I really believe that Evan provides that for us. Uh, you know, he's a 4, 5, 6, 40. He definitely provides a stretch. He's, when given the ball as a receiver, he has had big plays. Uh, great game to go back and watch if you haven't seen Evan is a University of Maryland game where, you know, he had 50, 50 plus yards after catch. He's had several of those this year. Didn't get the ball as much as we'd all like to see on tape, that he did have uh, 69 catches for 871 yards in his career and seven touchdowns. Excited about what he brings. Uh, I'll just acknowledge up front that I know that he has had past issues. He transferred from the University of Virginia uh, after the 07. He came in there to West Virginia in 07. He had some incidents. He transferred. Um, He has had some incidents at Temple. It's precisely why we brought him in. It's precisely why we had Coach Spencer work him out and spend some time with him. Everybody in this building has spent quality time on him. We've also extensively, I happen to have a personal relationship with the athletic trainer there. We worked together at the University of Tennessee. I spent a lot of time with him on Evan when I went in there for a visit. Went to two games. I also went to a campus visit. So I was in there three times this fall. Uh, He has had two taskmasters as head coach, Coach Adagio, this past year, and Coach Golden. We've spent time with them. They both sign off on this guy's character. He's a very tough, physical football player that we're very excited to have. (laughs) No, he has not. He's never been charged of of anything. He's been, been, uh, to my knowledge, he's never been convicted. I don't think he was charged with it with uh, with any incidences in West Virginia, although he had some. Um, he did have a disorderly conduct uh, conduct uh, while he was at Temple, but not convicted. He's been used there as a move tight end. He's also been in a in a wing situation outside their Y. He's also been up on the line of scrimmage as a Y and has done a fine job blocking on the backside. And that's what we'll need out of this person. This F. Um, 
tight end. We'll need somebody that's got enough toughness, strength, physicalness, and athletic ability to cut off the backside, somebody that can lead up on the linebacker, somebody that can uh, hem in a DN as the extra uh, tight end out in a uh, what we would call a wing alignment. So you have your Y on the line of scrimmage, put him outside of it, try to create leverage on the defense to get the ball outside. He definitely brings all those elements. Plus, again, the four, five, six, being able to hit that vertical seam. We feel like he's really going to bring our quarterbacks, in, you know, Jay and all of our quarterbacks, an element inside along with Kellen, the two guys outside, Earl. We've developed weapons. We now have the weapons that, you know, when I came in here, our first press conference, we talked a little bit about, you know, what are your thoughts, philosophies. We need more weapons. That's what I saw about our roster, that we need to develop weapons for Jay. And, you know, we feel good about where we're at in that progress. When uh, we brought him in here to the building, I met with him. I said, who do you compare yourself with? And he said, uh, you know, he said Hernandez. And I said, okay, well, let's look that up, okay? So we, uh, we got right into our system, and he's, uh, I think, seven-eighths of an inch shorter. Uh, he's uh, just, I think they're right at the same speed. Um, he's the exact same weight. Uh, they're both East Coast guys. Uh, they both have had some background to them. So there's some comparisons. We'll let him play first before we say he's as good as a pro. But, uh, yeah, there are comparatives. Boy, I, I miss hearing Phil Emery talk. I mean, he, he made plenty of mistakes as a general manager, but that man could give a press conference and talk about football, and I could listen to him talk football all day long. I really enjoyed when Phil Emery would give press conferences with the Bears, but you could kind of see where there was plenty of reason to be excited that the Bears seemed to be getting out on this trend of athletic move tight ends back in 2012 before it became such a popular thing, and there was a lot of reason to be excited about Evan Rodriguez, but once the season got going, it, it you could kind of tell early on that it wasn't going to take that shape, at least right away, that he wasn't going to be this total dynamic playmaker just yet for the Bears. You look in his rookie season, he played 217 snaps, which was good for about 27% of the Bears' offensive plays, which, you know, for a fullback slash tight end, it's a little bit light, but he's a rookie, you know, you, you don't want to force him in there too much. But you look at how he was used the vast majority, over 90% of his snaps, came at a fullback position. He was in the backfield as a true running back once, moved to a wide receiver position for about 11 snaps all season, played tight end for closer to 15, but it was mostly fullback and he was mostly a blocker. You saw 70% of his snaps were run blocking and almost 80% of his snaps were blocking in general. He's only going out for routes on 22% of his snaps that season. Finishes with six targets, four catches, 21 yards, and one drop, according to Pro Football Focus. So it really wasn't the rookie season, and maybe it wasn't the right role that Evan Rodriguez was looking for in Mike Tice's offense. But, of course, that next offseason outgoes... Mike Tyson, Lovey Smith, in comes Mark Trestman, who has a history of being able to use running backs and even fullbacks as effective receivers, and it seemed like it could potentially be a pretty decent fit, but that is when things started to go wrong for Evan Rodriguez. He was arrested in, I believe that would be March of 2013, he was arrested and charged with resisting arrest, and I believe 
the charges were dropped for that. But then again, at the end of May, right when the team was back at organized team activities, he was arrested and charged with a DUI speeding and improper lane usage. And it was the type of thing where after the first time, the Bears had kind of said they were disappointed with him and, you know, trying to set the expectations for what a Chicago Bear has to do. But he was kind of given that immediate second chance. But then once the second arrest comes, and even though the charges were dropped the first time, it was two strikes in the same offseason, unable to stay out of trouble. And the Bears were, I don't want to say they were quick to release him, but June 10th of that same offseason, after just one year as the team's fourth-round pick, he was released and ultimately ended up signing on with the Miami Dolphins, spent the preseason with them but did not make their final roster cuts, ended up going on to the Buffalo Bills for the 2013 season, joining them later on in the year, ultimately only really playing significant snaps in four games, played 17 in total and didn't do much there. And then the following season, he played for the Buccaneers just a little bit and uh, played another, what, five snaps that season in Tampa Bay. And from there, his NFL career was mostly over and didn't really stick on anywhere else. Moves on to the American Flag Football League and has what was a impressive and somewhat dominant breakout performance in that game with Michael Vick, of all people, as his quarterback. He caught nine passes for, I believe, 210 yards with four touchdowns on those nine catches. Completely tore up the flag football league with his athletic ability. Then he went on to play in the Your Call Football League, which was a a short thing that they're trying to bring back up again this summer. And then he signed with the San Antonio Commanders of the AAF back in December. And now he is gearing up to play for head coach Mike Riley. And he's got a, a few different quarterbacks that are all competing there for to be the Commanders starter next week. But so far, it's starting to look like his quarterback is going to be the former West Texas A&M quarterback, Dustin Vaughn. But one of his quarterbacks is also Marquise Williams, who was Mitchell Trubisky's teammate at North Carolina. So there, there's some potential firepower in this sort of innovative college-style offense and potential opportunity here for Evan Rodriguez to have some further success as he tries to get his football career going again here at age 30. And mixed in with some of that football adversity and off-field issues, he had some, some personal tragedy as well in his life. He and his wife had, uh, you know, gotten pregnant and were going to expand their family, and they found out that their still, you know, not-yet-born daughter was diagnosed with a rare brain and skull disease that didn't allow it to form properly called anencephaly and ultimately that baby ended up passing away after about 40 minutes of life after birth so I mean he, he has gone through a lot on the field he's gone through a lot off the field and continues to fight and push for a football career despite everything and I think that's the most interesting thing about Evan Rodriguez and what I'm interested in really getting into more detail with him here that I think a lot of people, once they're out of the NFL, they just kind of quit and say, you know what, my football career just isn't going to happen. But 
not Evan. He continued to play through, again, indoor football, flag football, your call football, now Alliance of American Football, continues to just play this sport and keep fighting for his chance. So we're going to talk to the tight end himself next on Locked On Bears. So without further ado, joining us now on Locked On Bears is former Chicago Bears tight end Evan Rodriguez, who is now a tight end for the San Antonio Commanders of the Alliance of American Football, kicking off this Saturday against the San Diego Fleet, 7 o'clock Central Time on CBS. Evan, I'm looking forward to seeing how things are going to go for you here with the Commanders and in Mike Riley's offense. Do you have much of an impression yet? of what your role is going to be? Yes, um, I definitely do have an impression on my role. Um, basically going to be the, the H tight end. And what's that so going to look like? like? The, that's like the move tight end. So a, a little bit of everything for you from terms of uh, yeah, blocking and receiving? Yeah, um, a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Wing, backfield, slot, the move guy. Yeah. Well, I know you've been through a lot to get all the way up to this opportunity here with the Commanders, you know, from the NFL to the York Hall football and the American Flag Football League. Uh, how important was that, you know, nine catches, 210 yards and four touchdowns that you had in, in that flag football game with Michael Vick? I mean, was that, I mean, did that work for you to remind yourself about, you know, how high of a level you can play at? I mean, what was that experience like for you? Yes, um, obviously, you know, um, my career didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Um, a lot back, I made a lot of mistakes back in the day, but um, it made me the man I am, the man and the player I am today, and um, it kept me motivated because I guess um, teams saw me and wanted to identify me as a fullback, and that never sat well with me because I know I was more than that, and they were playing me to my strength. So um, you know, just me basically going out there playing flag football with Mike Vick and playing girl call football. And even now, um, I'm able to show my my, my real talents and, and Coach Riley and the staff are playing me to my strength. Take me back to when the Bears drafted you with the 111th overall pick in that fourth round. What was going through your mind when, when the call came in and, and what were you hoping to be able to do with guys like Matt Forte and Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey in that Bears offense? Oh, man. Um, I mean... Well, um, I also want to thank um, Phil Emery and Leslie Smith for giving me the opportunity, and um, and the whole Chicago fans as well. You know, um, they treated me well, and um, I love the city of Chicago. And um, being around a group of guys like that, it's definitely memorable. Um, being around future Hall of Famers and Hall of Famers now, like Brian Urlacher, and um, this 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 the guys around me were were great. You know, great mentors to me. And definitely looked up to them, and I learned a lot. And once I left that that team, I definitely saw the the the, the growth, and and uh, I would say the maturity from that from the, from that Chicago team to other teams. So I guess me moving forward, I, um, me being on the teams, uh, I look at it as like, wow, I already got coached by the great ones, and and. Um, I know how to be a pro now. I know how to be a pro and what's it all about because all the other teams I was on, it was a lot of younger guys there. Obviously, that 2013 offseason was uh, a difficult time in your career, and I was wondering if you could yeah. just kind of share what you were going through in, in that time of your life and, and how you've kind of grown from that. Just 
just me being young and, and immature, um, um, this, this me being hard headed, but, um, that was many years ago and as history and now I'm a better man for it. And now, you know, I'm giving, I'm a mentor in Yanker guys and keeping guys on the straight and narrow now. So what, what the, what the older guys are trying to do to me now, Hey, I'm, I'm giving it back and teaching guys like, Hey, you don't want to be in this situation, you know? So learn from my mistakes. Oh, through everything you've gone through in your career, what do you think has been the most humbling moment for you? Humbling moment? Um, I say this this guy this this gave me another opportunity to still play this game. Um, the game that I love. So um I'm just grateful for it and this you know this I'm just and I'm just running with it. Where do you draw the motivation to to keep playing after everything you've been through? It, just, it seems to me like a lot of people in your position would quit, but not you. It never sat well with me just to walk away from the game, knowing knowing I had so much more to offer. And, you know, um, teams wanted to label me as a fullback, and that never sat well with me. I'm like, I'm more than a fullback, you know, I'm more than a fullback. Like, I'm not the traditional fullback downhill kind of thing, and, just I, what motivated me was just to keep going, like, and to show them, like, man, you guys made a mistake. You guys weren't playing me the right way, and I just needed the opportunity to, to showcase that, and I'm doing that now. And um, j- j- just the Lord and my son motivated me to, you know, to keep playing this game. Yeah, I, I know family has has played a big role in your life, and I, I had read about kind of what had happened with your daughter and. Uh, how yeah. how has that kind of shaped you? Not even as a football player, but just kind of as a man. Oh man, it was it was definitely tough, you know. Um, what me and my wife doing with our daughter? Um, but it was a learning experience as well. And I guess um, we, we also the Lord wanted us to spread awareness about it because at first we didn't know much about it, and we had to do our research, and we we found out that we weren't the only people going through this in the world, and there's so many people that. That, that goes through this and then we found a community on Facebook and they kind of helped us through it and now me and my wife are, are helping others go when as they're going through the tough times as well I admire you and your wife for being able to to fight through something like this and, and move on to be able to have a happy family and, and grow from this and not let it bring you guys down thank you thank you well, when you when you look at trying to get back into the NFL, I mean, how, how do you define yourself more as a tight end? I mean, do you, do you look at a player like Kyle Juszczyk from the 49ers as a guy, as a, you know, as leaving the door open for more hybrid-type weapons in the league, or do you really feel like you need to be a, a tight end purely? Nah, um, I look at it as um, the game has evolved. Um, there's not more, there's like, teams are trying to make me a downhill fullback, and for me, that's obviously not the case. Um, Definitely trying to open the door for more hybrid guys and um, just, 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 I guess, get away from the identity of, all right, he's a fullback, he's a tight end, especially for me. They kind of call me a tweener. No, at the end of the day, I'm a playmaker. The way I look at it, like, I can block and I can catch. So just pick your poison. So safe to say there's some big plays coming in Mike Riley's offense here on Saturday against the Fleet? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Well, Evan, I really appreciate your time this afternoon, and thanks for chatting with me about it. And good luck with your time in the Commanders. Appreciate it, Mr. Cox. You have a blessed one. Well, thanks again to Evan Rodriguez from the San Antonio Commanders for joining us on the podcast today. 
you enjoyed our conversation and want to keep up with even more daily Chicago Bears news and analysis, then make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on whatever app you use to listen to shows. We are on absolutely everything. And if you want us on something else, make sure you're following us on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like the Locked On Bears Facebook page as well. It's the best way to keep up with everything we're bringing every single day. I hope you learned a little bit of something about a, a Bears player you might have forgotten about. Uh, I hope you're, you're a little bit more excited about some football this weekend with the Alliance of American Football. I'm certainly curious to turn it to tune in and see how some of these former Bears players and coaches do as well. And, you know, even if they're not wearing the blue and orange, they, they have some Bears background to them. You can still watch it on TV and bear down. <laughs>